BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralask pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. Yo, who's our munchies tonight, yo? It's Cannabis Talk 101. You're going to learn today. Puff, puff, kid. With Blue and Joe Grande. Pop, reefer, marijuana. You guys, thank you for listening to our podcast, Cannabis Talk 101. Check out our website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we are the world's number one source for everything cannabis. We have so many great articles and blogs on our website. Please make sure to click the link to see the Cannabis Talk magazine. Feel free to call us anytime at 1-800-420-1980. Go check out our IG pages. It's at Cannabis Talk 101. My boy Blue is at the number one Christopher Wright. And of course, Big Joe Grande is at Joe Grande 52 And you can find me at the Insider Investor. I also have next to me Casper the Friendly Ghost, which is not Blue. It's not Joe, but it's our boy Frankino. Yo. Now, y'all know what time it is? Dime time. <laughs> That's right, man. Think higher with Dime Industries. Find them in California, Arizona, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and representing out of Canada, Toronto, Ottawa, and Ontario. Check out the website, www.dimeindustries.com, or on IG at dime in that, <laughs> or on IG at dime.industries. Now, today, we have somebody very special. We got a duo in the house right out of California. It's a premier licensing cannabis analytical testing lab. Uh, it's beside us now is Nate and Claudia Winokur in studio to give the folks at home a bit of an insight on what goes on at Bell Costa Labs. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the company, Bell Costa Labs is leading the evolution of cannabis lab testing through agri- agricultural science, education, and technology, which is pretty damn cool. Bell Costa Labs combines analytical methods, customized technology, and years of expertise in the cannabis industry. They can provide the highest quality testing lab services for compliance in the state of California. Their lab is local here in Long Beach, California, and they've been fully operational since 2018, so they're not fly-by-night. <laughs> Be sure to get involved by visiting the website at www.bellcostalabs.com or follow them on IG at Bell Costa Labs, especially if you're in California, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, or Florida. Now, without further ado, please welcome our friends, Nate and Claudia. Hello, Hello there. Hi. So, first Thank of you. all... How did you guys end up fighting about CT101? What's the relationship here? Oh, well, married couple. That's that's on the very base level. <laughs> um, originally met uh, well over 20 years ago, and uh, we've been together for the last 15 or so. And you guys told me a pretty interesting story. There was a little gap there, that which I found fascinating. There was about an eight-year gap before you met again? Yeah. Yeah, a little rendezvous uh, when we first met, which was... Uh, only, you know, uh, let's say it was a good stand, you know, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we met back up about eight years later. Nice. And would you say cannabis has kind of kept you together or the business has kept you together? I think being business minded yeah. has kept us together. You know, um, I think we were talking earlier and I mentioned I wasn't much for love. Um, <laughs> but when I found that, you know, I could get a friend and somebody who could be a business partner as well. Um, I think it was pretty organic after that. That's awesome. Now, you guys grew out, uh, grew up here in Southern California. Originally from East Coast for me, and then did most of my growing between split there and here. 
And Chris, you've known them outside of business, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've known <laughs> Nate and Claudia now for, yeah. gosh, I don't know, seven, six years? Something seven. like that. It was a while ago, yeah, but yeah, it was to, a good time. Almost, the industry. Yeah. I'm going to say the better part of 10 years, man. It's, yeah. it's yeah, been a while. Right? Yeah. I feel like it's been a lot longer than you think. Yeah. So you guys... I didn't realize that you went to school then in the uh, the East Coast. Is that where you went to school? You were born there and then came here. Born, partially raised there, then partially raised here. Okay. So School-wise, I mean, in the streets, mostly of California taught me. So I, I can't really give that much credit to the East Coast in that sense. Once <laughs> <laughs> and- you guys met the, uh, was it? You already had a company or were you in the space? You guys kind of told me the background, but I thought it was really interesting, that connection. Yeah. Um, you know, my friend who had introduced us originally ran into him and gave me a nudge and was like, hey, guess who I run into? And then just kind of fast forwarding us to, you know, getting along, meet it back up again. Um, again, we were both very business minded, uh, but uh, at the time we were both in Mission Viejo area. So a lot of the South Orange County shops were closing and whatnot. So um we had kind of already been talking about a little edible company and he's really a genius at formulation. So we were, we were playing Sucks. around with the idea until, you know, one day he calls me and he says, Hey, follow me home from work. And I said, okay, why? And he's like, I'll tell you later. So I'm like, Oh, great. Um, turns out one of the dispensaries had closed and, um, he had picked up a lot of pounds. I forget yeah, how many they, pounds. They had dumped a bunch of their trim on us, which was, you know, nothing that you were going to smoke, but which was a fantastic grade for extraction or infusion or anything like that. So what we're looking at is, you know, green gold that you would use back in that day to start up an amateur but still passable edibles company. And that's, you know, a major area of where we first started working together. And this is about eight years ago? Uh, this no, is closer this is like, to a dozen years ago. Yeah, oh, wow. probably about maybe 13 years ago or so um so yeah that kind of kicked off our uh cookie bootlegging uh <laughs> <business>. <laughs> cookie boat leg. what was what was, you mentioned that it was his recipes he used was, yeah. was that something you just picked up from growing up or was it from one of the shops did it start off as like just normal can of butter that were you using or you were already extracting extracting i was making uh for so back then you know edibles you know, i i got to give credit to the edible manufacturers infused manufacturers that do it for real now mm-hmm. because what we were doing then is an absolute you know joke and compared to what a massive multi-million dollar operation is capable of putting together these days. We did an awesome job, which happened to be on the uppermost echelon of what was produced a dozen years ago. And with that, I would change, you know, to answer your question, I would change it up based on the formula, sometimes butter, sometimes oil. It would be infused in different amounts in different ways because I realized mathematically what I was trying to achieve with that end product. So kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm able to put stuff together. I, I just understand and see kind of how it all fits together. I'd already been in cannabis. Granted, this was a little bit more of a serious role. You're you know, making infused products that people are going to be, you know, consuming. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd been in cannabis for a while and kind of got it and understood it. But if I really was going to apply math and science to anything seriously, it started here and it was my first exercise in playing with like formula and the chemistry of cannabis. And when we spoke earlier, you were speaking at such a level that I said, you know, are you a NASA engineer? Or do you have a science <laughs> background? Or did you go to some weird college? And no, partial college, but you know, I got caught up with, you know, career and just having to make money uh, well before I was able to finish college. So all of this has been learned. The science is from the streets, you would say. It's been learned, you know, some of it directly, you know, asking questions, being there, watching how things go, being in a science role too, especially Mm -hmm. as a testing lab, you see things attempted over and over again. It's a funnel, right? You know, and we catch everything at the top of the funnel. And with the test of time, we get to see everything that still exists at the bottom of that. And so being able to understand and bridge what makes really products, cannabis products exist and succeed we got a great view of that. I got a really good view of that also from a chemistry perspective. And so that whole backdrop of what it takes to make something great, but at the same time have something that's going to be, you know, enjoyable, consumable, done right, consistent, and everything else you would value. I came across that all because of my experience, knowledge, and I guess I was geared for it, you know? Were you always into science as a kid, kid growing up? Was science something that just always kind of intrigued you or? I was all over the effing place, man. So yeah, (laughs) it was, yeah. And you, Miss Claudia, what about your background? I know you've got Uh, a a college education. Yeah, (laughs) I I went to film school. Um, I focused on um, marketing and advertising. 
Um, and so I moved to New York with, you know, big city dreams. Um, and I was living them. I got a job at a really great agency working with major corporate companies, JetBlue, Mountain Dew, like uh, Microsoft, all these awesome companies. Um, and unfortunately, the company got bought out at the beginning of the, my first recession. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I begrudgingly did not want to leave New York because I loved it out there. Um, and, you know, but unfortunately, I, I got let go. Um, everybody in the company was like, well, what are we going to do now? How do we find any file? And I'm like, eh, you're on your own, guys. But um, so I did my best to stay in New York, but unfortunately, I couldn't what, afford it. What part of New York were you in? I was in Manhattan. Okay. I lived in um, Harlem. Oh, nice. Yeah, up in 6th and, and Lexington, if I can say it. Um, and so, uh, um, and I worked in Chelsea. And but anyway, so I had to move back home. And then I, I kept trying to fulfill my marketing dreams, but the universe was like, nope, not going to happen. And um, then when we started dating, I kind of just fell into cannabis. And with my marketing expertise, I kind of and, you know, project management expertise, because I manage a lot of creative projects, I kind of was able to hold everything together. Um, and then I kept trying to leave cannabis because I'm like, I was going to say, were you already like a consumer of cannabis? I mean, like, yeah, I've. I've been a consumer of cannabis since I was 19, but I'm not going to say how old I am now. Yeah, Second but, recession. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. It's gotten me through all of the recessions. Um, but actually, a lot of my cannabis use started because I, I had a really bad like stomach pains. Um, and then I just depression, all, all the fun stuff right. people use cannabis for. Um, but yeah, so I, I just started freelance graphic designing for a lot of cannabis companies. Um, because just the corporate world just sucks. Yeah. Like unless you're willing to kiss somebody's butt or I don't know. I just don't play those games. And I think that's why I didn't make it in that world because I don't know how to shut up. <laughs> so um, so I just kind of, you know, remained in the industry. And, you know, we did our edible company and I, you know, freelance graphic design. And then, you know, through can't even tell you how many cannabis shows we've been to together. A lot of it. The reason we're we are where we are right now is because of the footwork we put in. We. You know, Franchino knows yeah. oh, <laughs> we yeah. put in a lot of footwork with, you know, what how we work together. And we went we've probably I don't even know how many how many shows we've gone to probably. So that's to say like actual cannabis events. Yeah. yeah. And expos and yeah. Oh, yeah. hundreds yeah. and hundreds. I mean, the number I've surely seen that you guys at and hung out is in the <laughs> far dozens at this point. So. Yeah, hundreds overall. Well, and honestly, that's kind of how we met people because people would just be like, you guys are everywhere. Like, you're here too, you yeah. know? And it's, and that's how we made the connections and that's how we know the people that we know today um, because a lot of them are veterans. We were at times where there was a lot of gray area and I'm not saying we're swimming above water now because I feel, you know, cannabis is still an industry where you're working super hard to keep your head above water. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, long answer, <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of, you know, how I, I stayed in the Canada space. Um, you know, it just kept dragging me back in. <laughs> and, and then we'll come back right now and we're going to hear how you guys actually got into the testing side of it all. We'd love to hear that. Canada Talk 101, we'll be right back. Soon. Follow Cannabis Talk 101 on all social media at Cannabis Talk 101. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website, CannabisTalk101.com. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. One of my favorites, the Bear Flag Group, is your white label partners. They are known to be on time, accurate, and they do quality co-packing. They've been launching brands in California since 2015, and the Bear Flag Group do what they say they will do. Go check them out at bearflaggroup.com. We're back here with Nate and Claudia, and right before we left on break, I wanted to hear earlier when you guys showed up a little bit early, we were talking about the challenges and your passion about testing. And when you start talking, you are like a little mad scientist. So I may cut (laughs) you off if you get too technical, but it's something that I really appreciate because it's me being a little bit more amateur in the, the, uh, if you will, the marijuana space. It's something that's always been on my mind, the questions we brought up. But give give us a little background about how you got into testing because where we left, you guys were more in the edible and the shake, and you were kind of connoisseurs, and you met. Yeah. Give us a little bit of background on the company. Um, I'll start off briefly, but he'll kind of take over because um, it was our foot in the door that kind of got him his first job. Um, at the time, I was working for a company called Medbox, which you know was a company ahead of their game. I yeah, think they yeah. were doing the automated machines, and you know, unfortunately, a wonderful person who ran the company. I I love him to death. Um, but he was just way ahead of his time. And, uh, um, but through that connection, we worked with Weed Maps and, um, I was in touch a lot with like the head of sales at Weed Maps. And we'd always talk about how his salespeople were kind of, you know, pushing a little too hard on my people, all these dispensaries we were opening. And so mm-hmm. we had this fun relationship. And, um, at the time, uh, you know, we realized that in order to maintain an entrepreneurial venture that you also need a day job. And uh, so Nate started looking for stuff in the industry and we just happened to know a lab that was opening up and. That's when, um, you know, through connections, Nate was able to kind of get his foot in the door into the lab space. So lab testing was just starting out right about then. So early 2010s, like 2010, 2010, 2011. Okay. So lab, thank you for that warm intro too, by the way. (laughs) Um, Yes. So everything, everything kind of uh, was starting to come together. There were quite a few labs. Um, really the one that I started working for is I think the only one that's still in existence then. A lot of people had a lot of weird ideas about what lab testing would be because it wasn't really defined. Nobody really knew what to use it for. In fact, most of the time it was just used to market cannabis. It was, you know, some, even there were even some municipalities that said you had to get your stuff right. tested. And people said, sure, I'll just get a THC tested. At least it was an intro to it. And by the time that I had run my course with that first lab, I had seen uh, roughly, you know, six years or so of activity, had a lot of ideas in terms of how cannabis was working. This right. was part of my crash course, also in seeing how cannabis just generally could be. Again, I saw all of those different products that existed or ceased to. And so I watched all of this chemistry basically happening in real time as I was helping to run the Southern California aspect of this lab. Went from me as the only employee to roughly 17 or 18 employees that were under me. And everything was going just peachy. At that point, I did exceed. I did realize that I exceeded what that lab could do, and I left to become a science consultant for cannabis. I saw a little sample of everything. I saw how everything worked, and I could help an operation. Did you want to make your stuff stronger? Did you want to increase your yield? Did you want a means of being able to educate your corporate crew? All of these existed. At this point, even I was working closely with Blue and all that fun stuff move forward through the next year or so of working pretty much exclusively in cannabis science and just being a freelance, you know, gun for hire in that sense. We ended up uh, meeting this group who were from outside cannabis, 
but who found out who I was and who we were and what we've accomplished, got to know us and ultimately decided that they were going to utilize our skill set to go from helping them write a business plan to actually building a lab. So these were investors. These were not people that were in the lab industry. If you they will. were, they were, you know, their own version of entrepreneurs. They okay. knew they wanted to get into cannabis in and operate in it all the time. Interesting. And to their credit, you know, they wanted to find somebody or some buddies that had experience in the industry before, specifically in the lab space. So, you know, it was very much a, you know, a, a very much of a small company mentality still is really, mm -hmm. uh, but it was very much of a small company mentality. We divided up all of the tasks. We figured out what we needed to do to design the lab, to manage workflow, to get an operating system that'll run it all. Uh, we put it all together from scratch. Wow. Uh, it was insane. But within a year or so, 2017 to 2018, that lab was just about ready to open and fully built out. And so now that was really the birth of Belcosta Labs. So many people saw Belcosta Labs come in and just sort of take over in a huge way. Where the hell did these guys come from? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was simply that. That's the name uh, that you opened up with? Or was Belcosta there a different? Labs. So yeah. that was the first iteration of Belcosta Labs. And just to kind of uh, backtrack a little bit, when he left the lab, one of the things I told him was, because while he was working there, everybody was picking his brain all the time, like constantly, all hours of the day. Like, it's like, dude, you're not from everywhere, too. Everywhere, not just at the lab. The everybody's yeah, calling everybody. me. And so, so he was like the science director, the Dr. Oz of science for pretty much like everybody. He's just a genius when it comes to formulations. And honestly, his intelligence is what, you know, did it for me because <laughs> and he fed me good food. Anyways, <laughs> um, but he really just knew his stuff so well. Yeah. So, you know, once we had kind of seen the max capacity that he could do for this lab i was just like tell everybody who has kept you on the phone for an hour that you are now available your time is available and it took off everybody wanted his time everybody didn't care what his fee was See, that's the marketing it was right. amazing and um and like nate said through those connections that's how we kind of you know, uh, met, you know, the partners at Bell Costa. So, yep. and it's been great. They're, they're wonderful people. We're, it's a much better home. So you Frankie, guys start, yeah, yeah. so you I started off got to know you during that time too. Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. I was right like about, during that yeah. transition when you guys were still yeah. in between. Yep. yep. That's when I got yeah. to know you, bro. Yeah. So you guys started off just doing THC when you first got started at the other lab. And now that you're over here, explain to us all the different types of testing that you guys are doing, you know, to help keep cannabis safe. For well, using it. so back then there was, you know, like the, the, half arsed version of running everything. There were other tests. Uh, but if I recall roughly out of everybody coming in, you know, the number of tests they would request was 1.1 tests right there. So out of every 10 different test samples you'd receive, you might have somebody requesting one other type of, you know, analysis. Fast forward to here where you have nearly 10 different types of analysis that happens to licensed cannabis product, right? So depending on what you're talking about, it shifts from matrix to matrix, but you know, we'll right. go into that later. The idea that everything was able to show and go from, and by the way, thank you for the kind words, babe. I <laughs> <laughs> the way that everything was able to show and go through um, these various steps into what Bell Costa was right here, um, followed that professional work that we did on our own. A lot of the market that Bell Costa started with, a lot of the attention we were able to garner happened in large ways because of this. And a lot of the experience I was able to give to the lab came from my experience in other areas of, of cannabis and more on that later, because that's really kept going, in my humble opinion, the next levels of cannabis testing is what we're already engaging in. In that, though, we started testing, we started getting to know the market. There are certain groups who we've been working with virtually the whole time the loud packs and the jungle boys of the world and all of that fun stuff and uh yeah we just seek to do a kick-ass job for everybody and ultimately what we're doing is reading cannabis getting data and then uploading that data to the state and so that is you know easier said than done but <laughs> yes. what what are you guys what does that inspire Speaking of, of the state, I always have been curious, what segment of the testing industry is regulated? Uh, is it kind of pay for play where if somebody has shitty product, they can kind of slide in? How, how would you speak to that? You know, obviously you guys have a higher well, standard, but I just I've heard a lot of grumblings and I'd love to hear. There's the definitely that. people that are doing lab shopping, right? <laughs> well, just from the 30,000 foot view, only 55 percent of the cannabis or 45 percent of the cannabis goes through the licensed market in California. 
which means the majority of cannabis out there is unregulated. Okay. It is weird for us to ever test unregulated anything, cannabis extracts, flour, anything, and for it not to come back with a rainbow of pesticides and other contaminants. Interesting. So more than half of the cannabis sold within California can be said to be at risk for contamination. Now, and if I go to see, a, it's, it's bad. If I go into a recognized dispensary that's paying its taxes and has an A rating, et cetera, if you blind tested 10 different products there, would you still experience that? What you would tend to see these days is a lot of people kind of fibbing about their THC. Mm. There's a lot of subpar well, There's product. like a 10% leeway, right? Uh, that's not what we're talking about here. That 10% <laughs> leeway. It's not enough for them. That 10% leeway. <laughs> A good way. So that 10% right there is actually just for labeling. You know, not every bud of cannabis is going to be the same. Not every cartridge right, that's right. filled is going to be the same, right? And if you want to touch that product, you know, the fewest number of times, you'll get that label on it and everything so that it's only touched once and then it's ready to go out the door, so to speak, right? You need to have, uh, there's certain uh, precautions that companies will take to make sure that the THC is on point. But just for their sake, there's a 10% leeway from the label that can exist. Now, in the spirit of what the state wants, it's, you know, a right. label, you know, to not force the need to relabel for everybody. Right. How people use it goes way beyond, as, as my wife mentioned, way beyond 10%. Because if we talked about a 20% strain, that means you could cheat it up to 22%, which the way the systems are designed, you could technically. Yeah. However... Yeah. What people have been doing, and we've recently secret shopped something that was 38% on the shelf, and it came back at our lab at 18%. Wow. What this means is that there's a product out there that's subpar that found a lab to, you know, basically fib for them. And in doing this, they now have this unfortunate scenario that they've created where over two times the actual labeled value is being reflected on the label that's crazy so do you get those calls a lot where people are like hey if i bring you my test can you guarantee x amount of percentage no it works a little <laughs> different if they don't see the numbers they they like they they just ghost us oh, <laughs> oh wow so they just like run that. on their bill yeah. even yeah They're they don't bother returning the call they don't bother saying hey like you know can you explain they don't want information they just want the numbers they want and well put it's just so um preposterous to me that you know nowadays people are telling labs the science they want yeah. versus the science that exists. Right. And um, it's frustrating. <laughs> and if somebody's listening and cares about what they're putting in their body, the pesticide thing always freaks me out, right? Is there a specific lab then that is now being ranked or do you guys have a system of ranking so we can say anything from your lab at least we can trust or is there certain brands? How do we know what's real and what's not anymore? Are as they required consumer, on the label to put the lab that it was tested by? No. 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 Oh. And no. as a consumer, there's really, unless you're just doing deep dives, there's no way to know. Like there really isn't, unless you're familiar with a brand and you know who they test through. Interesting. There's no real requirement though, as you know, Frankie put, to be able to put that on the label. And even more so, you know, people who are buying the cannabis are just as easily fooled as the consumers. So even that, you know, what you think would be just this hard filter that would stop something from low quality getting onto a dispensary shelf, it, it doesn't exist. They're subject to the same types of fibs that everybody else is. And all of a sudden, you have this really kind of overly homogenized outlook on cannabis, too. You know, there's more chemicals in cannabis than just THC, right? Right, right. right. But if you look at the average consumer, they're not really inspired by that. And was with so much competition against the black market, everybody including subpar cannabis brands that you know may only have mid-teens to offer have to find and search this certain type of uh really exploit people's lack of education in cannabis to try to show that their product is high quality when on one hand no it's not that's not accurate data on the second hand we even like in the royal we right as cannabis consumers shouldn't even be looking solely at thc in the first place i'm looking at the as an indicator of quality that's so much better of a scale <laughs> you're educated like you care about well not not just educated but you care about you know 
the full science, the full yeah, profile. I was just going to ask how many people are actually asking for like chirping, you know, uh, uh, profiles and showing you the different it's, actual. I think the demand for education is actually really coming from bud tenders, which I think is a beautiful thing. He does a lot of bud tender training and they are so excited for the information. They are so excited about the knowledge. And, um, you know, I think that the want for the knowledge is out there. But I think that's where it kind of gets misconstrued a little bit because folks are just coming up with new things like bud tenders like to create their own little phrases. And now yeah. now we've got the, you know, the, the high chirping extracts, the HTEs that are out there. And but that doesn't really tell yeah. me how it's extracted. Other than that, this particular product is very high in terpenes. But does that mean they put fake terpenes in there? You know, like, where does that process? And so there's definitely a lot of confusion, which I also think don't comes from the bud tenders. Don't faking terpene results, too. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, come on. Beyond <laughs> so the 10% threshold. Yeah, <laughs> so that sounds like a nightmare. So there's so much more to cannabis than even cannabinoids and terpenes. Yeah. You know, there's esters in there. You ever you know, had a strain that was banana flavored, banana kush, banana OG, that kind of thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That chemical right there isn't that makes it banana flavored isn't detectable by a terpene profile. So you say, what the hell? Like, I thought terps equals flavor. No, terps equal part of flavor. That's kind of like how chocolate chips equal not the flavor of a chocolate chip cookie, but you can kind of taste it in there. And you could say the same thing about terps. Terps are one of many different chemical groups. I go back to banana. That's an ester. Huh. There right. are flavonoids out there, ketones, lactones, yeah. all sorts of different things. You know, we can go down, you know, rabbit hole of all these different chemicals that cannabis has in it that yep. aren't yet able to be tested. And so it's not like we have this perfect indicator of quality between THC or even cannabinoids and terps, although that's better, way better than just THC. It's going to go so much further in the future. And I only like to highlight that because we're able to see how much more we're going to ultimately be able to encounter that shows us what we love about cannabis. Would yeah. you be surprised to know that when we're able to test certain chemicals in cannabis, you know, the limonese in the world. Identify like that, certain effects, for sure. That's great for being able to chase the lineage of what cannabis yeah. is. And if you actually were interested in multiple, you know, who knows, multiple types of cannabis, multiple profiles, you'd be able to chase down these terps as they go. You know, you guys were talking about education and in California, obviously we've been uh, recreational, legal, and I think we've been more liberal when it comes to that. But when we come back, I want to hear what we were talking about earlier, what your opinion is on what's going on in New York and the pattern, or, you know, are, we fall are they following the same mistakes we did? So with that, we'll be right back. You're yes, on yeah. Cannabis Talk 101. Follow Cannabis Talk 101 on all social media at Cannabis Talk 101. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website, CannabisTalk101.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. 
That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. You guys turn the typical into something special. When it comes to infused products, the flavor you taste should be just as enjoyable as the feeling you experience. Visit the website at www.loranoils.com. We're back here with Nate and Claudia. The question that I wanted to ask you guys, because this is always on my mind when I see mistakes happen, whether in the financial world or in the cannabis world, it seems there's always parallels. When you look at uh, New York, and obviously they're now coming around to having recreational and medical turn into recreational, and we see the expansion. We know the issues that California's been having in the legal market. You guys had some really interesting viewpoints on how that's coming out over there. And part two of that, the education. Do you guys think that over there, because it's newer, they're gonna have this education kind of life cycle and learning curve as well? I'll open it up to you first. Personally, I don't think so. I think, um the uh, the potency uh, message is extremely loud, unfortunately, and um, it's so loud it's reached the East Coast. And I think they are starting to focus on those kind of things as well. Um, and you know, we met people at MJ BizCon. And it's so crazy because you don't even see yeah. a normal pre-roll anymore. Now all the pre-rolls even have all this <laughs> yeah. extra stuff on Shit to on make them. it more potent. Yeah, totally. And and yeah, when we were at MJ BizCon, we met a few people from the East Coast and they're like, all right, so tell us, what do we do about our potency? Right. And we're just like, oh, shit, no, 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 you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong, please tell everybody they're doing it wrong. Um, So I do see that trend starting to happen. And, you know, if California could scream anything to New York and say, hey, like, that's how you shoot yourself in the foot, you know, in terms of the industry. Say that louder. I don't think they're listening enough because literally I see them following the same path. Yeah. So and I'll kind of. Well, that and I feel like New York's just in competition with New Jersey. Right. <laughs> like, They're like, who like, can get there who first? Can, who can get there first? Why would you compete with Jersey? Right. I don't know. Not to bash Jersey. We got some friends know, there, but you know yeah, how it is. Yeah, yeah, it's Jersey. You know, it's a Jersey thing. Um, so, yeah, I do see them falling in that trend. Um, if I remember correctly, um, their lab requirements um, still have a long way to go as well. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, with the most recent, that big main dispensary that just got shut down. Um, I think they're still dealing with a lot of the illicit Ball market. Yeah. On their ha- Happy end as Monkey well. or something like that. Uh, I forgot the name. You know, it's there's so many. There's names. been a couple. Yeah. There's so many yeah. names yeah. in the cannabis industry right now that are just either being sued or on the yeah. news. It's just it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, them, yeah so. definitely. There's definitely <laughs> real drama behind the scenes in the cannabis oh. space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like its own soap opera. So. No, I love it. <laughs> so I can't highlight enough how. There are so many different awesome types of cannabis. You ever heard of pheno hunting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, right? What's the opposite of pheno hunting? Here, don't don't answer. I got it for you. The opposite of pheno hunting is buying for high THC. Because only one type of cannabis is, you know, really maybe a couple of types at best out of how many dozens of potential chemical profiles. There's only certain types that are high in THC. And so this is where things start to go wrong. 10 years ago or so, you could walk into a dispensary and everything on the shelf was OG. Like I, w- I even remember where there were certain dispensaries that literally sold the same OG under 10 different names and all 10 of those names were Avengers characters. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they're not even trying anymore kind of thing. Yeah. So like they're just literally playing into this game that really is just absolutely awful for the consumer. Because if you were to go out there and you bought, so to speak, a full bar worth of cannabis, then what would you be left with? And what would be really interesting is you'd have, in my opinion, a way more um, a, a way more robust experience because different chemical profiles equal being able to enjoy a lot of different things. That means you won't smoke as much as quickly. It's kind of like when you're satisfied with food or with a spirit of sorts, you end up drinking less or eating less when you're satisfied more from less, right? Right. Cannabis works that way if you don't smoke the same effing thing over and over and over. Right. Yeah. Hence OG over and over, which I can tell you from the lab's point of view, nine out of every 10 things we test is the exact same chemical profile. That's terrible because that means that this diversity that I can't ask for hard enough to be coming from the growers, through the buyers, through the dispensaries, that's starting to not exist. And when we talk to, or when we talk about, in a sense, New York, 
uh, or if I was speaking to them, I would say, please improve the diversity. We can all agree that diversity of food, diversity of anything enjoyable is awesome, both for people who enjoy mm. that industry right. as well as for that industry. And here we are losing out on some of, remember pheno hunting? We're losing out on some of the most awesome inbuilt things, the diversity of cannabis. And instead, we're all just growing and buying for a single chemical profile. What the, why? And that's a mistake. That makes the amount that you sell go down. That makes everybody compete by selling the same thing. That drives down the diversity for the consumer. That's like saying all alcohol tastes yeah. the same because yeah. of the, the, the alcohol it's percentage like saying, that it exactly. has. That's it's like it, saying all alcohol should be that. Everclear. Yep. Yeah, yep. right. Like straight up, why don't we all drink Everclear, guys? You want to guys want to go out for a round of Everclear? <laughs> like, no. Absolutely like, not. Like, me I out. don't want a headache. I don't want a bad experience. But when you smoke high THC, low terp weed, that's actually what you're getting. So now we have the this tomfoolery of people, you know, lying on this quality indicator that's not even a good indicator and as a result we've lost so many strains you guys remember bubba kush yeah wouldn't you like some bubba kush right now <laughs> this is about the closest i can find but you know let's do it <laughs> that's what i love about Spark you guys you guys are leading from education and i think right now that's what this space is missing and actually quite frankly a lot of spaces that are kind of hitting a, a plateau or stagnation whether it's in the financial markets the consumer education market. But for you guys, you don't see enough of that, in my opinion, where everybody's just more focused on top line gross sales instead of educating the market and then watching the success with, that comes with it. With that, we're gonna lead into the high five. Now, this is a segment that they do on this show every time I've, I've been involved with it as well. So we're gonna ask you five questions. Just hammer out the questions, the answers real quick. We'll start with you, Claudia. How old were you the first time you smoked weed and where did you get it from? <laughs> we talked about this dun, at dun, home. Dun. Um, <laughs> I was about 14. Um, mind you, I didn't really start smoking consistently until I was about 18 or 19. But the first time I tried it, I was 14. Um, my sister was in college and um, she had come home for the weekend. And uh, my brother goes through her bag and he's like, hey, look, I found, you know, I found her weed. And it's like, you want to smoke it? And I was like, <laughs> OK. So what did we do? I think we like either I think we used an apple or something like that. So, yeah, that was we stole my sister's college weed. Nate, Nate probably invented his own marijuana and smoked it before. <laughs> <dude. laughs> no, my uh, way. Are we going? Uh, yeah, go yeah. OK, yep. yeah, perfect. Uh, concurrently, I guess. Yeah, that yeah. works. Um, so with uh, my first time, I was kidnapped by a friend he just came by my house late at night i was 16 and he's like come on down to you know his his mom had a big warehouse for her business and they she wasn't using the whole warehouse there's maybe like a 10 by 10 area where she let her son my friend uh set up like his little music area and so him and his his buddies would have band practice in this commercial district in a warehouse and not bother anybody. So good for them, right? Right. And so they kidnapped me, uh, you know, consensually one night. And here I am <laughs> with them. And they bust out this clay pipe that one of them had made that resembles absolutely nothing that you would want to smoke out of. <laughs> and uh, we proceed to just smoke and smoke. And then him and his bassist go and jam. And I'm standing in front of this tall stack of speakers, way taller than me, because I don't know where they got it from, but they're awesome equipment. And I'm just getting audio waves rolling through me and full blown audio hallucinations. And it was the coolest shit in the world. Man, and you been, had a great first I have been time. chasing Dude, that dragon, man. compared to that. Yeah, so that was I bet a, you that uh, was low THC weed too. That day. It <laughs> probably sure. was, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's, that's the advertisement that nice. low T weed. Yeah, so Claudia, what's uh, go ahead? Yeah, question number two of the high five with Claudia and Nate Winnaker here from Balacosta Labs. What is your favorite way to use cannabis? Uh, I like pre rolls. They're just quick, get That's to the point, jam. and um, you know I can be multifunctional. Oh, so you do like the low THC weed then? <laughs> it depends. I like giggle weed. I feel like giggle weed doesn't yeah. exist. It doesn't so exist it because it's probably it. low in THC. That's why nobody's laughing because no. the giggle so weed doesn't I, I exist anymore. I don't mind a little outdoor every I'm now and again. I feel like I don't giggle anymore. I like, I mean, I'll have... Um, Durban poison is good, but it's more of the artsy one. Like if you want to sit yeah. and draw a picture, yeah. um, you know, that's, it's great. I love Durban poison because it's so focused and you're, you're, you're kind of having fun, which I feel like 
weed isn't fun. We like used to it smoke used and watch funny like, movies, and now we're like, I'll, let's I'll just geek out on nine hours of Netflix. You know, some yeah, now show. it's just like, yeah, right. It's just yeah. like, let's get blitzed and yeah. just stare at the wall. And it's like, oh, I miss jokes. You About know? three months ago, I had some flour, and I can't even remember now who gave it to me, but I, I went home and I smoked it, and I was so giggly. And I, remember, I was like, <laughs> I oh my God, that. this is the best we I've had in such a long time. I know. I know my favorite was green crack and you know oh, whenever a not on a very me. rare occasion he would me. find a really good green crack and I'd be like yay the giggles <laughs> so yeah that's a uh, and you Mr. Nate question number two of the high five what is your favorite way to use cannabis uh pre-rolls and dabs so you get a lot of flavor with dabs you know you know, just bless the uh especially the live rosin industry and some live resin that don't give a hoot about THC numbers. You put a and smile on his you end face. Up getting, I know that's your jam. <laughs> and so for like live rosins, how many more flavor options do you end up having? You have all the flavor options well, under the sun because nobody amazing. cares about high THC. <laughs> it's so beautiful. But what's and, great. And I can't I can't speak to that enough. But it's crazy because that takes the education too. You know, I remember it when does. I first started using my electric dab rig and you get the temperature so high because you want to get a bigger hair, but then you don't get to taste the flavors. Right. So now I hover right around like 460. You know, it's, it's just another culinary experience because you could say the same thing about, you know, browning your butter at home. Yeah. You know, don't get that shit too hot. <laughs> so, yeah, you've, you've got the idea that you have these volatile compounds and these volatile compounds add all of this flavor and experience to what you've got in front of you. Because we all know that cannabis is very, very experiential, right? Yeah. So these, the more that you tune the device so that you can taste these different flavors, the more diversity and richness you get from the experience. I'll wager you don't even need to get as high because and right. you don't need to smoke as much because you're getting so much more out of it. The idea of a head change doesn't need to be the smack, the, the smoky version of smacking your head against the table. You know what I mean? Right. You can enjoy the shit out of weed with people you like, and it's not a race to fall asleep the fastest. Yeah, I agree. And can you tell our viewers what do you think is a cleaner way to smoke? Is it dabbing or is it smoking flour? That's a really, really good question, bro. Um, so the look, at best Connor, look at Connor coming so, up with the, so, with the money shots. <laughs> so let me let me go for the nerdy answer here. I think that uh, ultimately speaking, you're going to have a lot more um, enjoyability doing dabs. And it's not to say that you can't get the same in flour. It's to say as a consumer, you almost don't have the option to do that. You don't have a dozen different types, different chemical types of good flour in front of you that you can smoke when they're all fresh maybe one maybe two at a time but you don't really get the opportunity to go through and actually enjoy this diversity as a consumer with flour even worse with pre-rolls such a good question brother uh even worse with pre-rolls because pre-rolls as soon as you break them down you know into the shake you know into their ground form that you need to be able to smoke them in they start oxidizing. They start breaking down really quick. It's crazy when we study pre-rolls that are even six months old. And you know how THC, as it breaks down, it can decarboxylate. Absolutely. About half of the cannabis in the joint is decarboxylated. If it, Even if it hadn't been broken down in flower form, I mean, it wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't have been half activated into THC. It's just a good idea. What's this carboxylated me? A decarboxylated. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's another tangent. Let me finish this first one. <laughs> You'll be surprised. It's the simplest thing in the world. So it's super simple. So what you end up getting, and to answer the the second part of the gentleman's question, or in the second part of this answer, what we've got is the uh, opportunity with dabs to have things that have been well preserved. Mm. Once you make an extraction, depending on the form, but for the most part, if you have in the, in the right temperature preservation and light preservation conditions as low temperature for the most part as possible and as little light as possible you're going to see a minimal a minimal amount of breakdown hence you have access to a fresh pure version of cannabis where you can have your smorgasbord and you can enjoy all of right. these different variations of cannabis which is why you keep your once. concentrates in the cooler this is why you keep your concentrates there you in the go cooler. the more you know <laughs> so this is right. this is the answer and that's why and that's you know if anything that's the benefit of concentrates. It's not that it's better than flour. It's it just, just tastes like, better. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. If you bought some concentrate and uh, you put it in your fridge for a year and you came back to it after a year, odds are, if you had not opened it, that it'd be about the same product. Yep. If you bought a vanilla bean for about, and you put it in a refrigerator, and just imagine this, a year later, that vanilla bean is going to be pretty desiccated. It's not the same vanilla bean. But you know what you have at home? If you had never cannabis, you'd still have vanilla extract. 
Right. Guess how many years that vanilla extract yeah. will last. It's still in the cabinet. Vanilla. Yeah. So what do you have here? The extracted form is capable of lasting a lot longer and imparting those same flavors for the experience that you're looking for. So I, I couldn't, we went nerdy. So I, I couldn't put the love of cannabis into, into a tighter way of putting it. <laughs> no, I love the answer. You know, this one, our question number four is usually- Question number three. Question Wait, number three. he forgot, three. he didn't explain decarboxylation. Yeah, I was like, he didn't, you oh, didn't oh, get into decarboxylation. I'll, I'll keep this one here. Right. Yeah. Okay, so decarboxylation. If you ever want to repeat this, you know, mini lecture, call it decarb and everyone will know what you mean. So cannabis on the plant, for the most part, you know, when you have a nug of cannabis, right? Or when it's in the joint, but not yet smoked, it's a form of cannabis or THC rather called mm -hmm. THCA. Mm -hmm. THCA or is the main cannabinoid, but there's other A's That's, out it's there. It's in acidic form. It's in the, thank you. Thank you. Right from my, <laughs> right from my books, man. I appreciate it. He's going to pull and out a whiteboard the, uh, right now. <laughs> and in the, I taught this man everything he knows. <laughs> so, um, he, was he was excited you guys are coming into that. So now in I see terms why. Of, you're speaking his language. So, you know, we can say the same about yeah. CBD right. A and right. CBC A and right. so on and so on. But as the primary cannabinoid that you're feeling, THC is available in this raw form, this acidic form called THCA. When you uh, affect it with energy, but most of the time that means light it on fire, mm -hmm. you basically run through this chemical conversion, or not conversion, you run through a chemical process where a carboxyl molecule is released from this THCA molecule, and it's now decarboxylated. Good God. Yeah. Which is why he's saying the pre-rolls as they sit there, it doesn't have to be the right. heat of a fire. It can right. be the heat of just, just 100 the degree, yeah. you know, warehouse. It's the that's energy from the room. Yep. Absolutely. And that is enough to force decarboxylation on a form of cannabis when it's that further, when it's that far broken down. So really what we're looking at is a form of cannabis broken down. Now, this is a this is a functional thing if you're in if you're in effect of it. So or if you're in control, because what's in this joint is THCA. But what's in the smoke is Delta 9 THC. Delta 9 THC is what gets you high. Mm. So you want Delta 9. When something's being made into an edible form, they messed up if they didn't decarboxylate it first and put it into that decarboxylated form in your edible, right? Yeah. Because it's not like it's going to catch on fire in your body or be that exposed to where you get the full realm of effects from Delta gotcha. 9. So Delta 9 gets you high. THCA right. grows on the plant. And what differentiates them is decarboxylation. And that's where they get around a lot of the laws with the regulations and how you can send, you know, these products that have THCA because right. they're not they're not violating the law. So they, there are a lot of people are using the THCA to get around the different. Uh, I laws. guarantee you that's going to be a Jeopardy question one day. And somebody <laughs> listening to this is going to be right, so question number, three. <laughs> number question number three is what is the uh, your go to munchie? Oh, no, no, three. Excuse me. Question number three, the craziest place you've ever used or consumed cannabis. In like 20 years, um, but we don't think we talk about this. Oh, we don't tell our age, remember? Oh, yeah, 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 but I don't like it, so they won't believe me. Um, uh, I would say like more than like fun places have been, um, all the fun places we've smoked. Um, but I would say probably in San Diego, we went to like the Maritime Museum and they have all those boats and stuff right there, oh, yeah. and we totally snuck on, nice. I think it was the submarine, right? And like the side or something. I remember us smoking on the uh, flagship of California, on like yeah. the tall mast flagship. Yeah, and it's so like one of like the it was boats that's like gone all over the world and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like the boat for California, and like we totally smoked weed on it. Yeah, they. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was a memorable trip right there. We uh, and ironically unmemorable at the same time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the other funny one was we got caught on Mark. Twain's Island at Disneyland. It's and funny how many times I've heard that answer, and everybody somehow always gets I've caught. I've done it that. It seems one too. like it's such caught, a good idea. I, and, I told him and too. I'm like, bro, it's Disneyland. Now, was it a joint or, or was it a vape? It was a little joint. Oh, yeah. oh, oh no, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to blow your cover, but let's just say he, he doesn't learn. Oh, I love it. He's not on the blacklist. And I told him all the time, like, if you get my Disney pass taken away, I don't know you. <laughs> now, question number four. No, I'm excited let's, let's to ask. Oh, wait, oh, his favorite spot. Yeah, I, thought I, I, just, the risk I figured it's going to be Disneyland. No, no, it's, <laughs> that's where he gets kicked no, out. That's everybody. accurate. And I'm happy to have to have uh, let that answer stay there. <laughs> Fortunately, it was me who was present for both those Fair occasions. Enough. So I'm, I'm going to stick with those. Good. Question number four. The reason I'm excited for that one is I'm working on my summer body. I'm up to a six pack. Actually, it's a one pack right now. But the munchies is a serious situation for me. The question is, what's your favorite munchies? But I want to ask the science guy, 
Is there a cure for the munchies? And if not, why doesn't somebody make one? Because they'd be a billionaire. Or is there a strain that will be less munchiness? No, high, high THC. The higher the THC, the more that it's going to stimulate the receptor that's attached to munchies. So why do we get munchies? Because there's this thing called the endocannabinoid system in our body. There's a receptor called CB1 that THC has a high binding affinity to. And by binding to that receptor, any cannabinoid, any even the ones produced naturally with our body right. are going to confer an effect where it increases your appetite. Now, there's hangover pills. Is there no pill that I can take to get rid of the munchies? Um, there once upon a time Water, was, <laughs> a, there was a type of uh, product called Rimonabant a uh -huh. long time ago. It was a CB1 inverse agonist which is a fancy way of saying that it shut down your CB1 receptor. There we go. It was a diet drug and that was their, that's what up. they surmised. Get it. No, 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 <laughs> get the, hold on. So they, that was their conclusion was by shutting off this trigger that causes, you know, munchies, so yeah. to speak, that causes an appetite that they would be able to create a product that controlled your appetite through this otherwise generally um, undiscovered, you know, unattempted mm -hmm. means pathway. And so this this chemical called Ramonabant, I can't remember all of the things in terms of the side effects. It did help you lose weight because it did shut off. Got that it. But all of a sudden, like my junk's not working. I'm not getting a hard on. There's a whole <laughs> only of that shit. It increased the risk of falling down, increased uh, not uh, nausea, in, uh, uh, suicide ideation. Oh boy. Um, dry mouth. I'll itchy stick with skin. the munchies. Yeah. 100 percent. <laughs> they essentially so what i think it's a really good idea if if anybody ever needs you know some time to take a quick moment and appreciate this chemical system in their bodies you know it's like your hormone system but it's right. your endocannabinoid system it's the reason why our bodies have a relationship with cannabis in the first place mm. it's through shutting down that system you can basically cr help create that nightmare scenario. Got it. This is even suggesting that your body's own ability to regulate itself from those things goes away without cannabis. Yeah, it's like you have, you know, a, a digestive system, yeah. you know, a respiratory system. You've got your endocannabinoid system, which and I've asked that question to several about. people, but no one's actually answered it in that way. So I do appreciate that. So, so I did hijack the question. What's yeah, your what, what is your go-to? What is your go-to munchie after you get high? Well, I like to mindlessly eat. So I go to cherries because cherries is something I can just like, mm. you know, not destroy my body with and just kind of like mindlessly that. eat. Um, so I try to stick with fruit like grapes, cherries, things I can just because I'm working at the same time, right. you know. So um, and then cheese and crackers. I literally could just live off cheese and crackers. Like. <laughs> Is there any type of specific cheese that you like? Uh, yeah, sharp cheddar. Sharp cheddar. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that answer. And, like, and triscuits. <laughs> And you, Mr. Nate, what's your go-to? I've got a sugar. Uh, oh, I've, I've got a uh, a sweet tooth, so I've got a sugar addiction like he used no to other. make dessert burritos. I I don't realize that something's <laughs> I you know Kit I don't realize tortillas. that something's wrong with me until either she says something or it's my fourth dessert, and I'm like Nate, too much. I love it. Like, uh, yeah. No. Which which dessert specifically though are you like more attracted to that you got to get? If we have ice cream, I'll go for that almost every time. Is it a vanilla Rocky Road? Just ice uh, cream. The sure. More, the more just complicated the yeah. better i guess like how much he's how much screwing around if it's got me. peanut yeah. butter in it how like, much like i felt like he was gonna go towards the peanut butter so, yeah, he's a peanut butter chocolate i mean if sure. anybody else here has a sweet tooth so let's create this baseline of like vanilla or sweet cream i'm gonna add chocolate chips still going mm -hmm. i'm gonna add some caramel still all right some peanut butter is that okay how much more before you ask me to stop right that's where we're at so, nice. nice. Yeah. The last one. Christine. Question number five of the high five. If you could smoke cannabis with anybody dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, my top two picks are still alive. Um, one would be Dr. Dre. Ooh, okay. Good one. The other one would be Dave Grohl. All right. Because I think he's a great human being and I'd like to pick his brain on how to be a greater human being. I like that. Nice. I was just going to ask like why. That. But that <laughs> and you, Nate? Uh, Carl Sagan. Which I, that's probably dating me because how many fucking people know who Carl Sagan is these days? But uh, Homeboy was this amazing blend of uh, of philosophy and uh, of philosophy and science, and I uh, was a fan of weed too. So you know, what else could you ask for in Excellent. terms of a session? Is nice. my thought. Now I know you guys I are mean, big fans. Of, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, my wife. I, I, I want to smoke with my wife. That was a good catch. Uh, yeah, my husband too. But you guys do <laughs> smoke together every day, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one of the funny things when we were dating, I think he told me that he told a buddy about you know, his dating some girl and 
the buddy made some joke like, oh, so now you're buying weed for two. And he's like, no, she always has her own weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good girl. So, yeah. <laughs> and on that quick note, I can't even imagine dating, being married to anything with a, your life's partner yeah. uh, without the two of you smoking weed. That has quelled so many arguments and given us both that dual perspective that, I mean, especially me coming from this this agent right here. Um, that by all means, I can credit parts of. You know, it's very being able rare to that you see husband and wives that are you I know, feel work, that, live together, party together, have a business together, and you, you guys yeah. have made it work. So you probably are not surprised how many people have said to us, "Oh my God, you're still together." <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel the same way about parenting. I feel like the best parenting yeah. is you can smoke cannabis together, and it's like you know you can be able to find those common grounds, and then not be as angry at what the kid did or hold grudges. Like I'm just gonna smoke a joint yeah. and let it go. Fuck it. Smoke and build Legos, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except when you step on the Legos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody wants to hear more, uh, obviously you guys are passionate about educating everybody. How can they find? you on socials or how can they get a hold of you uh well me i'm starting my solo career and um, yeah, i'm working on it i'm actually i'm pretty comfortable here because i've known you forever and but normally i'm like oh my god camera running high <laughs> no, um, but i'm i'm pushing myself so um my instagram is mrs canalore and um uh, mrs and then c-a-n-n-a-l-l U-R-E. Excellent. Surprised I did that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Mrs. Cantalore. Um, And I kind of want to take this approach, two approaches where, you know, I have a lot of girlfriends, they smoke weed, but they have no idea what's going on in this industry. Right. Um, and I have a lot of can wifey friends who, you know, when you're married I into cannabis, it. it's just like, it's a whole different beast. You know, we, we can laugh about the same things about, you know, oh yeah, when they're on the phone and they're just pacing back and forth for 45 minutes, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, um, and I want to also bring in some of my frustrations in the industry and, you know, kind of express what those are and, and just educate the community, you know, kind of reaching out to my ladies out there. Cause I think if I feel I'm talking to my friends, it's going to be easier to just say what's on my mind. So yeah, Mrs. Kennelore. The real um, housewives of cannabis. I love it. No, <laughs> we're not that dramatic. We would just be like, hey man, just hit yeah. this. Like, <laughs> Give me some ice Why cream. are we fighting? Let's right. go pour some Prosecco. I love it. <laughs> what about you, Nate? Uh, mine is Canacentric. Well, first plug the lab, Bell Costa Labs, you know, and that's the Instagram. I'm Canacentric, like a portmanteau of eccentric and cannabis, right? But right. Canacentric, that's how to find me. I love that's it. all about the education kind of side of things too and being able to now pursue what I feel is going to be the best way to talk to, you know, the many hopeful fans of cannabis now and in the future and all of the people in terms of what they're getting, what they're smoking, what they're missing, all of that fun stuff. I got one more question for you too before you let you guys get out of here. So if I'm just a consumer and I want to bring my products, do you guys allow like just random tests for the a consumer or does it just have to be through metrics? No, 100%. It doesn't have to be by metric. If you as the everyman want to bring part of your backyard grow into us and see if, you know, you inadvertently contaminated it with heavy metals or pesticides or trust me. Is it just marijuana or MDMA and other substances as well? Just it, cannabis. Okay. We specialize on cannabis. Not much said. I mean, that hasn't stopped people from bringing us an avocado from the yard and say, did you guys test this? So uh, <laughs> we're, we're a cannabis specialized. Okay. So. Well, and one thing he has worked with a couple of people is I'm uh, like recently a lady's dog got sick because they yeah. like did a pesticide outside of her house or yeah. something like that. So I know uh, like we've tested soil and stuff um, for people who like their animals have gotten sick or their kids have gotten sick. And they're taking it to court or something like that and they want to know more and have the data so um it can get creative but more in that avenue where you know we're primarily looking for helping people find like contaminations that might Love be on their property that's and a, stuff like that that's a big kind of futureology if you will aspect of cannabis and yep. cannabis testing if i take another minute or two to, to, to talk yeah, Absolutely. Well, to tell you guys about it um it's root cause analysis because as a lab you know what we do is test things what if you fail what do you do mm. Did the heavy metals come from your soil? Did they come from your water? Where did they come from? Mm. Was it pesticides? Where in your facility did these pesticides come in? How did it make it make its way over to you? Oftentimes, I can figure that out. Nice. I'm usually able to figure out based on what kind of contaminant I see and what type of likely areas it came from nested within a pretty vast at this point, two dozen years in this, you know, 2023, two dozen years in cannabis. And I'm able to see oftentimes between taking swabs, mm. looking at things that are microscopic, right? 
and basically being able to kind of create this logical puzzle of what I saw, where it comes from and how it works. And I'm able to tell what happens. I've got a really good track record for what exists in other industries, but root cause analysis for cannabis, I think that at this point we can say we fathered that movement and it's, it's a big one. Nice. It's so that's a big separator area. between you guys and other, other labs out there is you guys will actually do that root cause analysis you're saying. Yeah. He All does site inspections. Um, I think we've coined the term aspergillus whisperer. <laughs> yeah, aspergillus is that harmful mold that, that that's just death for a batch right there no one wants to see that well you guys i could personally talk to you guys all day i've mean, <laughs> right, got a ton right. of science questions i think we're going to definitely have you guys back uh, on that note i wanted to thank you guys sincerely thank you guys you. kind of you probably don't know this you but do. you popped my ct 101 cherry i have the show <laughs> on financial fridays but this is the first time that i've got to co-host this with chris and you know, it's a little bit uh, rough at the beginning, but I think by the end of it, <laughs> it worked out good. Thanks, Thank you to the entire staff that kind of put up with us today, too. So it's all last minute me popping in. But I loved having you guys on here. You want to close it out, Vicky? Yeah, thank you guys for coming so much. Uh, if anybody has, wants to check them out, check them out at balcostalabs.com. Is that what it is? Uh, it yeah, is? that's the website. And then the Instagram is uh, at Labs. C-O-S-T-A. Remember this, guys. If nobody else loves you, we We do. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the show now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.